I'm Kyle. Okay, here's where y'all are so wrong because y'all are idiots. And I'm Drew with a U. As the boss of this podcast, I'm going to say... And I'm Handsome Drew. First of all, you're on my podcast, so like you're going to listen to me <laughs> talk. All right, that's part, of the, that's part of the deal. My name's in the title. And this is not... And this is not... And this is not... This is not the podcast you deserve. Welcome to episode 99 of Not the Podcast You Deserve. I'm your host, Kyle, along with Handsome Drew. Drew with the U is maybe coming in a little bit, maybe not. Who knows? He's got a wild card. Uh, if, if you've listened to any of our 99 episodes before this, then you know that he's a wild card. And that could not be on any further display than it will be on episode 100 of Not the Podcast You Deserve. But we'll get to that in a bit. This is our now streaming episode. We talk about stuff that we've been watching. Uh, and I've got... A movie I saw in theaters, a movie that was released straight to Netflix, and a TV show I want to talk about. Um, I went out and saw Elvis in theaters. Um, And this was maybe a mistake on my part, because I went at like 2 p.m. on a Sunday. And I don't know when the last time was that you went to a movie at 2 p.m. on a Sunday, right after the the church rush hour. Um, But would you like to guess... Who is usually at the movies at 2 p.m. on a Sunday, Drew? Uh, sad, lonely men like us. <laughs> uh, and grandparents trying to entertain their grandchildren. Nailed it. Well, kind of nailed it. So I was the youngest person in the theater. The theater was packed. And I was probably the youngest person in the theater. Um, a lot of old people, elderly people, um, were there. And... Uh, which makes sense because it's 2 p.m. on a Sunday, also because it's a biopic about Elvis, um, which this would have been right in their wheelhouse. Um, so maybe it made more sense for them to be there than it made for me to be there. Um, but I got a chance to see this movie, which is getting like really divided reviews and really? for good reason. Um, yeah, you either really love this movie or you really hate this movie is, is what it seems like. Um, it is a movie directed by Boz Lerman. And if you've ever seen a Boz Lerman movie before, then you kind of know what to expect. If this was the first time you've ever seen a Boz Lerman movie, then I can imagine you being like, what on earth? Uh, but Boz Lerman did Moulin Rouge, Australia, yeah. The Great Gatsby. I'm sure others that aren't coming to the top of my head at some point in time. I'm pretty sure he did a Romeo and Juliet once upon a time. But basically his calling card is like lots of quick cuts, lots of fantastical uh, storytelling it's just a lot. He's just a lot, and his movies are just a lot. And this movie was a lot. Um, but I think that everybody should wrap up the Oscar voting early. Just hand it to Austin Butler now, because he did an incredible job portraying Elvis. Um, at one point, at the end of the movie, um, it goes from like fat Elvis, like nearly dead Elvis, like super 300-pound Elvis, um, singing a song at his last concert. And it's footage of Austin Butler doing it. And then they slowly transition it to the actual footage of Elvis doing it. And you cannot really tell that it's no longer Austin Butler doing it, um, portraying Elvis. It's really, really good. I think that a lot of the singing had to have been done live. um, And not in the bad way, like Les Mis did live singing. um, Just because it was so believable 
in between a hundred billion different cuts and wild editing decisions. Um, but it was an incredible performance by Austin Butler. Um, the only con to the movie is that it's a movie about Elvis and he has to split the screen. The guy playing Elvis has to spit a split about 50% of the movie with Tom Hanks in a fat suit doing a really weird accent. Um, and I get why he had to be a big part of the movie because the movie is a lot about how his agent um, screws him over, uh, which is all supposed to be true. The colonel, uh, bad dude, messed Elvis up pretty bad. Um, but he's just a really great performance for Austin Butler that he has to split half the screen with like a really confusing performance yeah. by Tom Hanks. And it's all really weird and fantastical. Um, but it was nonetheless... I really, really liked it. I, I'm not a huge Elvis fan. I do appreciate Elvis uh, music. Um, but I really, really liked this movie. So I don't think you have to be an Elvis fan to enjoy the movie. So I have to ask... Uh, I have two questions. One from a, a plot and storytelling device. Do you think that the role of the colonel actually helped move the story along? It's like, And I know that it probably sucks that... I haven't seen the movie, to be clear. But uh, to I know it probably sucks to see the screen split between hey this is the guy we came here to see right is elvis right and you keep having to see this other guy all the time but one of my main things with biopics or biopics however you want to say it is a lot of times they're not as captivating as they should be they're sometimes really interesting and sometimes are done really well by one particular actor but then you walk away going i wasn't really like a good movie or story it was just kind of sure. some facts and some well acted scenes did the aspect and the dynamic of the colonel actually make for a good storytelling device or was it just a, ma- a mangled mess no you i get what you're saying because i think the biggest problem with biopics is like who's the bad guy where's the antagonist mm-hmm. coming from you know and and a lot of times it's just drugs or it's just like time um like the the queen one um uh, not Bohemian we will rock Rhapsody. you. Was that the name of it? Bohemian Rhapsody. That's the one. Like that one. Like they tried to like make the quasi bad guy like the agent who took over at the end. Um, when like really that's probably not Queen's downfall. Um, and like even the Elton John one. Like I think they try. I can't remember who they tried to make out to be the bad guy in that one. Um, but like the Colonel really was in the story of Elvis a big piece yeah. of the story of Elvis, and he also was like a really bad dude who screwed Elvis and his family out of a lot of money and held him captive, essentially, at a Las Vegas casino um, for the last five, six years of his career, of his life. Um, so, no, it was it was to move the plot along. Um, it was good for that. It was just, uh, I don't know, man. It, it was such a really great performance by Austin Butler. And just the fact that Tom Hanks was there every other scene, chewing up the scene and it was just like not great yeah. by Tom Hanks so which killed it a little my bit my other question was have you seen any side by side interviews of Austin Butler before he was Elvis and since he's been Elvis only since only since the Elvis I'd never heard of the dude beforehand yeah no he really wasn't he didn't have a ton of big name credits to his name but he uh, I my wife pointed this out apparently it was a thing on TikTok a bunch of people were pointing out that, like, hey, he has become Elvis in person. Yeah. Like, if you look at interviews yeah. he did three or five years ago, 
he was just like, hey, guys, what's up? Like, I'm Austin Butler. Like, I'm here to talk to you. And now yeah. he's like, all right, so uh, I'm going to show you how to move your hips, you know, just like this. And everyone's <laughs> like, what happened to your voice? Like, is, yeah. are you just stuck like that now? <laughs> I was, uh, I listened to an interview he gave uh, Jimmy Fallon afterwards, and he was talking about how, like, when you live with a character uh, or a person, as long as I did, I was Elvis for basically two years. He's like, a lot of that sticks with you, and a lot of it's hard to shake. Uh, and he was talking about how, like, he kind of feels like he slows his draw a little bit now, <laughs> and how he, he kind of, like, uh, like can't dance normal anymore, <laughs> uh, which I thought was funny. But nah, I get it, man. Uh, I, I'd never heard of him before. I'd never seen him anything before, I don't think. If I had, I didn't notice him. Uh, that dude's a star. It was incredible. It's it's worth it just to see him. He he does really specific, like when young Elvis, uh, when he's young Elvis, and then when he's like, you know, 20s, 30s Elvis, and then when he's older Elvis, like he portrays all of those so, so well. And the dude can't be more than 30. Um, so he just does a really great job kind of embodying the character. So totally worth it. Uh, and it's getting a lot of mixed reviews. But if you just go in knowing, all right, Tom Hanks is probably going to ruin this for me a little bit then I think it's an easier pill to swallow. Also, uh, I, this is a side yeah, but, note, but I do want to point out that Tom yeah. Hanks really doesn't do roles anymore unless he has just people. A, like, a, a title. He's And it's normally Captain, but Colonel is a stretch. But, like, I mean, <laughs> so Elvis, he's Captain. Uh, World, or News of the World, they call him Captain. Uh, captain Phillips, he's Captain. Sully, he's a Captain. Um, in Saving Private Ryan, he's a captain. I mean, in Apollo 13, I'm pretty sure he's a captain. Like, this is all he, he's like, hey, unless they're calling me captain, like, I'm not doing the movie. And, and Elvis was like, what if they call you Colonel? And he's like, all right, I'll think about it. That's funny. Yeah, uh, very Boz Lerman. Very Boz Lerman movie, though. So be prepared for some wild stuff. Uh, and then I watched a straight-to-Netflix movie called The Hustle. Have you heard of this? I want to say yes, but go ahead and jog my memory just a little bit. So it's an Adam Sandler yes. movie. And I'm I'm not pro-Adam Sandler, to be clear. I think that he's had way more misses than makes over the last two decades. Um, maybe his last good movie being that one in the prison football. Longest Yard? The Longest Yard, that's the one, the remake, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hustle, new movie came out with where he is a scout, um, I think for the 76ers maybe, an NBA scout, and he's trying to work his way up to being a coach in the NBA. Um, I actually really enjoyed this movie. Uh, it it shocked me because I put it on to be like, all right, I'm just going to watch this to fall asleep. It's going to be a dumb Adam Sandler um, poop jokes and stuff, and it was not. It was actually really, really good. It opens up with Boban. Boban has two scenes in this Boban. movie, which I thought was great. It stars Adam Sandler. Robert Duvall's got a pretty significant part at the beginning. Queen Latifah, Ben Foster's in it. Nice. And then Ben Foster plays like the bad guy. And then there's tons of cameos from NBA players and coaches, uh, including Mark Cuban, uh, Luca. Uh, there's a Dirk cameo. Pretty much every player in the NBA that's big right now gets at least a second uh, in there one way or another. But the bad guy, the antithesis, uh, the antagonist uh, to the to the young star that Adam Sandler finds and grooms is Anthony Edwards, who plays for the Timberwolves. Oh. And I had no idea. 
throughout the movie, like he shows up four or five times and he's like the player that Adam Sandler's recruit is like got to beat. And he does a really great job to the point where like I just assumed he was an actor that they like gave him like like uh, like insoles like or some like platform shoes to like make him look taller because uh, he does a really really good job and he's an actual NBA player I would not have known. Oh, nice! I I always love that when you watch a sports movie they're always going to sprinkle in you know sports cameos. Uh, it's it's just yeah. part of the thing. But it's like hey, as much as you could make me a Michael Jordan in Space Jam. You know, versus yeah, yeah. a, uh, I don't know, pick any other movie. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's like, I, I like when my athletes can actually act. And it's a skill that's few and far between. Yeah, and uh, Doc Rivers has got a cameo pretty good. Oh, and uh, who, so in TNT, the TNT broadcasters, Charles Barkley, Shaq, who's the other guy? Ernie. Ernie. Okay, so Ernie actually plays a fictional character in the movie. Um, he's like friends with Adam Sandler's character, um, which didn't really bother me until they cut to a scene where they've got the TNT broadcast on, uh, talking about Adam Sandler's recruit that he's 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 coaching up, and they just so like you can tell they just cut off one side of the panel. They've got Shaq and Charles Barkley and the other guy sandwiched in between. But Ernie is not in the in the uh, in the shot. And I was like, "Oh, that's because he's playing an agent in this oh, movie." And uh, so a little bit of realism, which I appreciated. But it's actually like a really it's actually a pretty accurate. It might also be Kenny the Jet. That's the other guy that's on it. So I don't I don't know which guy you're talking about. I haven't Kenny Kenny. That's the one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Kenny plays uh, like Adam Sandler's friend, who's an agent. Um, but it's actually a pretty accurate depiction of like trying to make it in the coaching world. I don't know much about NBA or basketball at all. I know about the world of coaching, though. And, like, basically, you've got you've to hit your wagon to somebody and hope they make it big. And, and they move, and you follow them, and you climb up the ladder. And basically, the story starts out, Adam Sandler's hitches his wagon to Robert Duvall, who is uh, the owner of the 76ers. And Robert Duvall is about to promote him to be a coach. And then Robert Duvall dies. And so now he's back to square one, and he thinks his way of getting the league is finding the next big uh, foreign superstar and he finds a guy off the streets it's a really fun story cool. um, it's really good it's not your typical Adam Sandler uh, pick it's not grown ups and then too. finally no it's not grown ups <laughs> 2 or any other crap he's been making or he's just trying to get a vacation out of making a movie um, and uh, my last one my TV uh, now streaming pick uh as some of the listeners may know, I'm a father of a two-year-old. And because of that, I've had to watch a lot of Bluey, which is a uh, animated uh, TV show about Australian dogs. And it has... I've, I've, there's only two seasons on Disney+. Plus. Both seasons have, I think, like 50 episodes. So of the 100 episodes of Bluey, I've seen all 100 at least four times through. And it has now, like, unironically become like in my top 10 favorite TV shows of all time because <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny. It's really smart. It's got great stuff for the kids. It's got great stuff for the parents. Uh, now, unironically it's bumping out like, I don't know, new girl or something out of my top 10 favorite TV shows. That's Breaking bad. That's the one that goes breaking bad is now out. Bluey is now in. 
Uh, so uh, that was my only plug for TV there. What have you been watching, man? That's hilarious. Uh, I did watch several movies this weekend. Uh, you actually got to be a part of some of them, which was really fun. Yeah. Um, Kyle and I did one of our favorite things to do over the last two decades of friendship, which is uh, get together and just watch so many movies till we're so delirious we have to fall asleep. And yeah. then watch one more movie, and it's. <laughs> uh, so we we did get to watch some really fun ones. Uh, I started with picking like twelve, and was like, "All right, these are all great ones. Some of them you haven't seen, some of them you have. Like, you know, what what are we feeling right now?" And you said you hadn't seen Inside Man, which to any of our yeah. listeners out there, if you haven't seen Inside Man, I can't recommend it enough. And Kyle, feel sure. free to jump in at any time as well on this. But it, yeah. Inside Man is a uh, Denzel Washington, Clive Owen, Jodie Foster, uh, Christopher Plummer flick. And it is a, uh, a bank robbery where, unlike other bank robbery movies, there's no setup to it. Literally the first five minutes is them walking into the bank and robbing the bank. And you're like, great. Where are you going to take the next 90 minutes? And the whole premise of the movie is that, like, they're robbing this bank, but it's not exactly your typical thing. Like, they don't take any money out of the safe. Like, you know, yeah. at one point, there's a there's a funny bit where Denzel Washington, who's the cop, looks at him and he goes, like, what, couldn't open the safe? And he goes, yeah, having a little trouble. And then the camera pans over. And the safe is wide open, and neither one of them are yes. looking at it. And it's it's a very good mind bender movie, uh, kind of keep you on your toes. Definitely have to be paying attention to all the little side stories that are going on. And it, it's it's a great spin on a bank robbery crime movie. That's not just like we come in, we steal the money, we're on the run, cops get us in the end, and. Uh, I, yeah. I really liked it. What were your thoughts seeing it for the first time? I really liked Inside Man. I thought that was really great. I can't believe it took me this long to see it. Um, Denzel gave a great performance. I thought Clive Owen uh, was awesome, especially considering for 75% of the movie, his face was covered with a mask. Yeah. And he did a really great job uh, being the bad guy. And, and uh, yeah, no, that was a great movie. And Jodie Foster killed it as always. I really liked that movie. That was really good. Yeah. It, that was a great suggestion on your part. It was kind of like Ocean's Eleven where, yeah, they're robbing a bank, but you don't feel like they're totally the bad guys, right? Yeah. Because they're not, they're not the worst people ever. And then you find out the person they're robbing from kind of might be. And so you're like, oh, all right. Well, like, I'm yeah. kind of, I hope they get away with it. So, you know, I'm not rooting for crime on a daily basis, but it's nice when, uh, <laughs> you know... Every now and then it's okay. Find to a criminal with a heart yeah. of gold. Leading directly from that, we watched Man on Fire, another Denzel Washington movie. Yeah. Uh, a little bit different. Uh, he's less, you know, put together and totally on top of it and cool guy lines. This is Denzel Washington as like a drunk who is running protection for uh, a, a Mexican family and a little girl who's like, you know, kidnapping is basically a way of making money in Mexico at this time. And so he is like protecting this little girl, taking her to school and all this stuff. And it's a redemptive arc as he's like trying to find himself. And it's also just a really great action flick. Dude, uh, Dakota Fanning in that movie is so goddamn cute. 
that she had me tearing up a couple times and it wasn't even like sad. I was just like, oh my gosh, she's so cute. Please protect her at all costs, yeah. Denzel. Uh, that, was a, that was a good movie. I think um, that movie is like somebody watched a bunch of Michael Bay films, like back to back to back. I was like, I can do that. And then tried to make a Michael Bay film. And I don't know who directed it, but I don't think he did a very good job. <laughs> the uh, It just seemed like a lot of, uh, a lot of really weird quick cuts and Michael Bay like uh, super... Oh, yeah. Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Saturated uh, shots, mm-hmm. like all superimposed on each other. And I was like, this dude watched a ton of Michael Bay, which I get. Someone who watched a lot of Michael Bay growing up, I would try to make that movie too, probably. Yeah, that. Uh, but that kind of overshadowed a great performance by Denzel and Dakota. And Fanny. that's the thing to me. It's like that movie, I know a lot of people that still really love that movie, you know, 15 years later after it came out or whatever. But it's proof to me that one or two really great performances can make your bad movie an enjoyable movie. Now, if they didn't have... Sure, yeah. the director was a little different, if they didn't have Mark Anthony in it, like, <laughs> a couple of tweaks, and that movie could could have been an all-time classic, right? But, like, it's proof that a couple of key performances can really carry your movie from mediocrity to, oh, that's pretty, that's pretty good. And... A couple of director, directorial or side casting positions can keep what could have been an epic to just a very oh that was pretty good. Uh, yeah, and, uh, there's other things that go into that, you know, production and budgets and all sorts of things. But it's just very interesting to see a good movie that you could have seen was almost great and was almost yeah. bad. Yeah, and like I think the ending kind of sucks. The ending of that movie kind of sucks. <laughs> uh, I I kind of wish Michael Bay had actually directed it, yeah. and that someone like someone was. It's almost like the director tried to do like Michael Bay, and the writer tried to do J.J. Abrams, and the you know, they <laughs> they hit on all the worst parts <laughs> of those two guys because uh, the ending did not pay off, and it was uh, super weird to watch. The third and final movie I'll mention on this now streaming episode is Psych 3, which went straight to Peacock. You can watch it there. And it was so good. If you're a Psych fan (laughs) at all, you're going to love it. Psych has made three movies, as the name might imply. They're all on Peacock. Um, If you liked the show at all, you will like the movies because it is, one, the full cast back together, and it's giving you a very high quality production and like an hour and a half long episode is all it is. They're hitting all the jokes you want to hear, all the bits that they're trying to, you know, revitalize, all the things you love about it, and giving you a little bit more character development. They're not just entirely rehashing, you know, hey, we know they love it, so we're just going to recycle it. Uh, the the characters are growing a little bit, like Sean and Gus uh, and the Chief, and especially, especially uh, Lassie, if you know the show at all, uh, Detective Lassiter. Oh, he's still in it, huh? He is still in it, and he's had a pretty significant stroke in his real life. And oh. so they have used that in the movies as well to talk about how he can't be the same cop that he used to be and the identity that he had in that and how that's affecting their dynamics as you know characters with each other 
it's very well done. It's very fun. If you're a fan of the show at all, I would highly recommend it. Even if you don't have Peacock, or maybe you downloaded it like me for the Olympics and now you're still paying like four bucks a month or whatever for it. <laughs> uh, totally go watch it before you cancel your subscription. It's it's very much worth it. Interesting. I was surprised, uh, number one, to hear there was character development in Psych because that would be new for them. Uh, and number two, that you didn't choose your uh, third and final streaming talk about Face Off, which we watched after we watched Inside Man and uh, Man on Fire but you fell asleep like 10 minutes into Face yeah, Off. Yeah, that's why I didn't talk about it. And I was just sitting it. there watching Face Off by myself for the rest of the... From 1 a.m. until 3.30 a.m. Just being like, what am I doing with my life? Yeah, what a good night, though. What a good night. What's some, And uh, what a good section of now streaming stuff yeah. for people to go out and watch. The 99th episode of Not the Podcast You Deserve, as we hit all the yeah. major now streaming. So if you'd like to see what else you should have been streaming... Listen to like the 40 other episodes beforehand. and uh, Or tune in next week as we'll also tell you what we have been watching, what you should be watching, and what you maybe shouldn't spend your money on. Can you give a teaser for episode 100? Oof. The centennial episode? It's going to be big. It's going to yeah. be... It's got to yeah, be. Yeah, I mean, 100 episodes for 100 listeners. Here we go. And <laughs> I'll say this. I'll go ahead and promise this. If we get 100,000 streams, I'll get a tattoo of not the podcast you deserve on my body. I think, yeah, I think that was a pretty safe bet on your yeah, part. Yeah, I mean. Uh, and if Jarell never freaking shows up, we will start the 100th episode where you're talking about, uh, we're doing a bracket of the greatest action heroes uh, in cinema. And I'm already mad at both of you guys for your dumb rankings. And I cannot wait to scream at you on episode 100, coming up next on Not the Podcast You Deserve.